So if you'll turn with me to Psalm 2, I want to do three things. Uh, Cammie's right, and you'll know it to be so for your own life. We were, we, were, we were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this, this hour, this moment. And we, this whole call to intercession, to set our Wednesday services into intercessions. You'll hear from Eddie some more on Wednesday, too, because he's carrying a prophetic promise over us, and, and he has faith that needs to be transferred that we can all catch. So that's going to happen. Uh, we're going to learn and enter in and be used by God to change the course of Israel, of America, of nations, and the awakening of his church. We will not do it politically. We will not do it economically. We will not even try to do it with social media. We're going to do it in Christ from his intercession, Holy Spirit's intercession, as he begins to set his order in the earth as it needs to be. Things are going to stop going out of, out of order. They will go forward in order. And that doesn't mean they won't go into more disorder because his voice is speaking from heaven and shaking heaven and earth. So we're not looking to, you know, steady the boat, so to speak. We are looking to partner in agreement with the Lord Jesus, who is king and who is judge and who is the lawgiver, to establish what he needs and wants done. And he's looked for that intercession on the earth that's not from a point of need, but is from the point of promise, from the point of the answer. So I want to share of three, two things, and the what's going to happen in Ephesians chapter three. I'll, I'll bring you this. I've never, I've known this since I was a baby believer, but I never saw how it would one day fully ever start to manifest until now. It is Ephesians chapter three. There is in this glorious uh, mystery of Christ. It closes with a, de a statement that of uh, why all this was happening. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. And Paul says to me, who am less than the least of the, all the saints, that I should preach among the nations, Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. We are people that are learning the riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of this mystery. We are all one body, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we are going to be forced into oneness in whether we want to or not. And to see the hidden, that what, what in the, uh, which was the big mystery, which from the beginning of the ages, so before time began, has been hidden in God. Nothing happened in the garden. When, when the serpent slithered in and deceived Eve and Adam went into high treason, God was not shocked. He had already understood this would happen and it would be a part of redemption that he himself, God the Son, would become the Son of Man and pay the price for that sin and bring forth a whole new creation from living souls to life-giving spirits. And this was all there. So nothing's happening on the earth today. Nothing. Nothing that is not within God's scope and sequence. 
Now, he goes on. He says that we would, he created all these things through Jesus Christ. The first creation was the word spoken. The second creation was the word made flesh. And then through disarming, or as he said, he abolished sin. He did away with it by himself, then sat at the right hand of God. And now the new creation. To the intent. Now, here's God's plan. To the intent. This was from the beginning. This was in Father's mind in the garden. This was in Father, Son, Holy Spirit when they created man and woman. That they might intent that now the manifold wisdom of God. Now, the word manifold is multifaceted. So whatever God's doing on one level, he's doing something different on another level. He's never, uh, he's multifaceted. It would be like a light, pure light going into a prism and then breaks open into a rainbow. He has a rainbow around his throne. So there are multifaceted parts of the wisdom of God and that will be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Now that's where we're headed. That's where we've been forced into. That's where we're going to be picked up and, and quickly recalled. Israel had to uh, call in 360,000 reservists because of this war. Well, God is calling forth his reservists. Those who have been intercessors, those who have laid down their life, those who have been called to be a part of, of God's purpose, and they're, they're setting aside their agendas, they're leaving their own activities, and they're going to one thing to, to sign up for the thing that God's doing. And he's going to make known by the church to the principalities, powers, and heavenly place. What's he going to make known? According to the eternal purpose. Again, everything is eternal with God. Everything on the earth is temporary. Everything God is eternal, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we are a people in Christ. All things have been accomplished in Christ. God the Father has accomplished all things in the Son. He is now the intercessor over the house of God and we come to God through him and come into greater salvation because of his intercession over us and all of this is accomplished so first thing we have to return to is victory victory has nothing to do with whether we live or die it has everything to do with Jesus Christ he has triumphed no matter what we go through we leads us in triumph so he goes and uh, going to give us three scriptures that you can begin to declare out loud unto the Lord so that you might have a position of where to, to, to hold yourself in scripture, in truth. And then I want to talk about the heart that has to continually return to the Lord so that we walk in the spirit of Christ. So if, uh, Psalm 2. Now, Everything Jesus did on the earth was according to Scripture. Even when he is being arrested and his disciples are ready to defend him, he says, how then can the Scripture be fulfilled? He said he could have brought 6,000 angels to, to just annihilate this effort of arrest. 
But then, he says, how then could the Scripture be fulfilled? Everything in life is about the Scripture being fulfilled. And he said, after his resurrection, thus it was written, thus it was necessary that the Christ should suffer and enter into his glory. You and I do not escape Scripture. We are a part of a script. God the Father and wrote that God the Son is the star of, that the Spirit of God is the producer, to which we are all a part of an outworking and then an ingathering. And one day we will all be summed up in one. And we won't be, we will be celebrating the unity that we've come into of the Spirit and of the knowledge of the Son of God and of the faith. So that's where we're headed. So Psalm 2 is the most powerful psalm. Psalm, and it is, it is, when we stand in the midst of conflict, we have to stand inside Scripture or we'll miss the point of what the conflict's for or why the conflict is or how God's going to resolve the conflict. In Psalms, never is a man's name mentioned as the enemy. It's only nations can be mentioned, not the king. It can be in, in a particular individual insulting a God's cause. The individual is never given the credit or the name recognition. The only name that's lifted up in the book of Psalms is God's. It is a, God, it is a psalm of praise. It is songs of courage. It is songs of dedication. It is songs that, that allow the, the, the fullness of the Lord. So Psalm 2 is the most, we'll start with that. And I'd like you to stand up with me. I know, you know, you know this. I've been living in this for six years. I, and, and it's, our, we're just going to declare it. We'll go slowly. Because this will explain why we're in conflict, why Hamas is attacking Israel, why the earth is in constant violent re, uh, problems. Why do the nations rage? And the people plot a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves. And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Sorry. The Lord shall hold them in derision. He shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. 
Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Hallelujah, Hallelujah Lord. Thus saith the Lord, the word of God. Let's go to Psalm 110 while we're standing. That is, that psalm, when you say it out loud and declare it in the name of Jesus, you begin to shift everything, it has to conform, it addresses everything. The whole war that was built in Israel is a war of covenant against God. And therefore, it is going to be stopped, it will not succeed, and God's going to accomplish what he wants through it. That Psalm 2 and Psalm 110 are the foundation psalms of the new covenant. And we're, we're, they're, they're throughout the epistles and throughout the uh, book of Acts. And even Jesus quotes this psalm right at this first verse. Because this is how the prophetic scripture were declaring before he was here that this is indeed why he was here and who he is and what's come of his resurrection. So, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning you have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. Now again, that's addressing everything. Everything. Now, Psalm 83 there are many, 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 many places, but I believe Psalm 83 is a very good psalm in particular to the war going on and to all its ramifications and to how we can stand with Israel by standing in Christ in agreement. This is a prophetic psalm. don't know if it is being fulfilled now, but it, was, it speaks of war that had never yet fully happened, and it already includes many of the members, nations that are, ha that are a part of what is the current conflict. So in any case, it addresses, we need your help, and how you're going to help us, and how you're going to deal with this, and that's why I think it's a very uh, powerful psalm. I've been speaking it now every day since the war broke out. Because it, I find, uh, again, uh, agreement in the spirit and peace to, to look at things. Um, so I'm not looking to the news to find out how things are going. I'm looking to this truth. So it uh, begins with the call out, then it speaks of the problem, and then it asks God to deal with it. So let's read together first time for some of us. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. 
Do not be still, O God, for behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. They have consulted together with one consent. They have formed a confederacy against you, the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagarites, Gebal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot, Selah. Deal with them as with Midian, as with Sisera, as with Jabin at the brook of Kishon, who perished at Endor, who became a refuse on the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb, Yes, all their princes like Zeba and Zamuna, who said, Let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for a possession. My God, make them like the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind, as the fire burns the woods, as the flame sets the mountains on fire. So pursue them with your tempest and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Oh, let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish that they may know that you, whose name alone is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. Just say his name again. Jesus. Jesus. We bless you. We praise you. All right. Now you may be seated just uh, in that. And I want to address a couple of items that are really going to be wonderfully important. The reason I believe the Scripture is the most important thing to use in this hour is because the Scripture is the only thing that comes from, uh, from the total uh, influence of the Holy Spirit, the move of God upon holy men and holy women that have written this. So we, we, and we do not then place our emotions in it, although our emotions are certainly getting connected to them, and our interpretations. Um, I'm going to go to Act, uh, Luke chapter 9. Uh, in a, the, the key of what we're facing is that we are, first and foremost, we're going to learn how to abide. The Lord's been having me in that place for 12 years, and I, it is the secret to intercession and the, answer to, and the key to answered prayer, and we'll learn to do that together. And it, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you desire. It will be done for you. And by this, my Father will be glorified that you bear much fruit. And so you will be my disciples. And so this fruit-bearing answered prayer through abiding in Christ's word, abiding us, is the maturity of the church. 
Now, to abide in Jesus today means we abide with him seated at the right hand of God. We learn that when he was made alive, we were made alive together, Ephesians 2. When he was raised, we were raised together with him, Ephesians 2. When he was seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly places, we were seated together with him in Christ, Ephesians 2. So I pray from there. I do not pray from here. I do not pray from the problem. I do not pray from the news leads. I pray from where he is in totality of full completion. He has been, he is, has supremacy. He has all sufficiency. He is the first of everything. He, he holds total victory. Nothing, nothing now happens without God's purposes to bring about his set victory in Christ. For he established the eternal purpose in Christ before the ages he was accomplished. So I have to pray that way. Now I'm just like you. I will become frustrated. I become fearful. I get angry. I get overwhelmed. I hear too much, see too much. I think what will ever happen? I try to figure out what that means and come up with my solution. I try to stop things from happening. It's called control, fear and control. And we're all born with it because our soul has been disconnected in that we are connected inside of our flesh and our blood. And we are aware of the world we live in. And we are conscious that we are alone. Just like Adam, we hide ourselves from the voice of God, we retreat. We try to protect. And that God has a beautiful path that's saving our soul, and it's our faith. And practicing living by faith and not by sight. So we're learning to continue to return to the truth and to pray from that place. And we've been given all of the New Testament to establish that truth, that we have boldness to come into the Holy of Holies by the blood. That we come through the new and living way which God consecrated through Jesus in his flesh and his resurrection. That he is the high priest over the house of God. And we draw near with the true heart. And while there, in honesty before God, fully assured that we're accepted in the beloved, we can share our heart, we can share our burden, we can unburden our soul, we can tell the truth, here's how I'm doing, I'm not doing good, I'm worn out. But you are victorious and triumphant, and you are my strength, so I come here. We agree with the truth. We share the reality. We unburden our heart. We don't try to deny the reality. C.S. Lewis did a brilliant illustration in the screw tape letters. Cam and I got to listen to this year. And uh, as this old demons teaching demons how to, to, to take Christians out of the service and first stop them from being believers, and then if they become believers, keep them from being effective. And one thing that just has riveted my, my prayer life He's telling his uh, protege, who's now he's had to scold, you lost this one. He's become a believer. But not all, we're not, we're, not all hope is lost, for there's many ways to cause them to be ineffective and to transfer them out back into our camp. And he says one thing. And then he's, he says, what you must do now that he started praying, which was a real, he said, that's, that's really bad news. But again, not all is lost. If he will pray 
to try to change how he feels and resolve the, pro the problems within his prayer, then you've got him. But if he ever prays to God, if he ever talks to the Father or talks to Jesus, then we are lost because he's no longer praying as what so much of the religions of the earth do. is It's like self-meditation, self-medication, self, how do I feel better? How do I zoom and boom? How do I declare and make myself strong and rally? No, now he's talking to God. And he's telling God the Father in acceptance inside of the beloved. My soul is, feels distressed. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I, why am I upset? Why are you upset? And, and we begin to come back into, Father God, I need help here today. I'm weak. God loves weakness in the body because that's where he puts strength upon. He does not put strength on strength. He does not use the flesh of man. The, and we are there. That's what we're learning. Now, here's the situation in the earth. Nobody's righteous. Israel is a wicked nation. America is a wicked nation per capita. They're righteous within, but there are many wicked within who have rejected God, who said, I'll have nothing to do with you. You'll not rule over us. You, you, don't, get your, you don't get your produce from the vine, vine, vineyard. We're going to keep it. We're going to have it. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to live in the, 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 the depravity of our mind because we won't be glorify you nor be thankful. And the state is, is all over the earth. I can't point to any place. I can't point to my heart with confidence. I would never stand before God and say, I know that I am a wholly given person to you because I know that God shows up in my life in his glory of his holiness. I will be on the ground. And I'll be crying out, God, have mercy on me. I'm an unclean, I have unclean lips and amongst unclean people. I might see the unclean people all around, but until I see the Lord, I won't see me. And until I see me, I won't know what it is he's after. We read in today's scriptures in Luke 6, he says, why do you say to your brother who's got a splinter or a little sawdust in his eye, let me take that out for you when you don't, we even can't see that you've got a beam in your own eye. And then he says timeless words. He says, first take the beam out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to take the splinter. Now, at first, it sounds like he's a scolding word, but it's really a, it's a healing word. It's the path of healing, path of salvation, path of deliverance. Everything happens this way. I cannot help someone in an area of freedom until by have been made free there myself. And if I think I don't need to be free and I can instruct people, I'm like Romans 2. I think I understand the Word. I'll just tell you what the Word says. You got to do what the Word... No. That, there's, there's, there's such self-deception because we say but we don't do. We believe because we understand something, we are free to carry live out however we live out. And we don't see our heart. We don't see the wickedness. We don't see that adultery is just lusting after women on the internet. We don't know how many people we fornicated with during the week. It's not something we're thinking about. We don't know how much we lust over f money and want control and how much we love the world. We didn't think we loved the world, just wanted to be rich. 
We don't see stuff unless the Lord shows me myself. And I don't see myself unless I see him. Because he's the standard. And I want that. And I need that. When I first was looking, where do I start with my prayer of agreement in intercession with Jesus for Israel? I, there are multiple Psalms. And one of them is a Psalm that David relates to when Saul was sent men to kill him while he was still living in the palace in the call. Michael was his wife. But in the Psalm, it says, oh, for no reason for myself, they've come to take my life. And I said, well, that isn't true. Can't use that one. Right? I mean, would any of us say, Lord, because I'm righteous, deliver me? Because I've not sinned, I want you to come save me for my righteousness. No, we, 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 we know that. That's why we're not stoning women caught in adultery. Because Jesus made it a point that the whole kingdom is internal. And I'm going to get to the heart issue of everybody. And if everybody does not submit to the heart issue, then they're just going to be hypocrites. And I'll get you on a physical level, and then you'll get back to your heart level. So he's after us. So Ephesians, Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And I will close with this because this and Romans 12. Hamas is being driven by a, a, a principality of hatred and absolute mayhem and murder. But so are other nations and they're going places. And God's, we're all cousins. We can't go in and deal with things that we'd like to deal with because we would not be righteous. If David could not kill King Saul, although he had been prophesied to become the king and was the king, anointed by Samuel, but he could not kill Saul because if he touched the anointed, he would not be guiltless. God has made it that we have to love humanity in a way that restrains us from acting out in insolence and pride and, you know, kill them all attitude. So this... Now it came to pass when the time had come for him, Jesus, to be received up. Oh, beloved, we're going to become such positive people because we're going to see right through the death to the conclusion. And whatever we got to walk through, we're going to walk through it without stopping there or avoiding it. We're just going to go through it. When it says received up, it's the word ascension. So Jesus says, it's time for my ascension. Every time he spoke of his mockery and his crucifixion and his death, he then always concluded it, and on the third day I'll be raised. So he knew where he was headed. And he steadfastly, resolutely set his face to go to Jerusalem. So there's, there's settings of time that God says, okay, it's time, and I'm going to need you to step into the... Into, uh, just unrelented, just pursuit. You're going to stay in this way. And so he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers before his face. It becomes apparent. We will not hide in our Christianity in the days ahead. We won't have to be obnoxious, but we won't hide because it will become apparent to us and to others that we're in a pursuit to be behold and be before and to serve our king. He says, they went and they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. 
So Jesus is not welcome because he's going to Jerusalem. This massive prejudice, this self-hate, this hatred, this ancient conflicts that are going. Samaritan, uh, I won't divert. And when his disciples, James and John, the sons of thunder, he called them, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from the heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Jesus turned to them and rebuked them. We're going to be rebuked soundly by Jesus and the Spirit of God multiple times. Be prepared. Because if we don't, we won't be able to discern and walk with him in agreement. Because he said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. So, evidently, they were being influenced demonically, fleshly, worldly, self-interestly. And they didn't even know it because they had Scripture and a Bible story to relate to. Right? Peter was given the vision, the revelation that he was the Christ, but the interpretation came from the devil because he saw there was no purpose of a death of the leader so that can't be God's plan. So he, this is the multifaceted, multifaceted wisdom of God. You don't know what manner of spirit you are, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Jesus came to save lives. He did not come to call the righteous, but the sinner to repentance. He has a purpose in all that we're in to bring great salvation to himself. I see him high and lifted up. He is Lord of Gaza. He is Lord of Hamas. Does not mean they worship him. Or that he's welcoming with their actions. I just means he's the boss of everybody. Nobody can withstand once he determines this must stop. This will go forward. This gets to accelerate. This gets to stop. And he's Lord. So he's a deliverer of the hostages. And he understands the, the drama and the pain and the loss. And yet elevated in the spirit agreeing with Jesus, seated with him at the right hand of heaven. It's it, for any one believer can be given the word of command that says, now command my hostages to be released and return to their homes and their families now. And that truth that he is able, it's all based on ability. The leper came and said, if you are willing, you are able to make me clean. Abraham said, I am convinced that be what you promised, you're able to perform. So God is able to extrapolate in the midst of this war that's, this, um, this is wrong and, and, and we do not want war. Opposite of war is revival. The opposite of revival is war. It dismantles. It, it, but in the midst of it, he can move mightily and bring about great salvation. But I've got to watch my heart. I can't hate people. 
I've got to have a burden for the, for the two and a half million Palestinians in Gaza and say, Lord, I want them to be saved. I've got to have a burden. I, wherever I, if I'm a, an intercessor stands in a position of lack and separation from the completion and starts to hold the place and, and doesn't just uh, walk away and say, well, I don't really care about that group. I can't, I can't be happy when one, my enemy perishes and my, my friend is helped. I have to feel this. That's, that's, I have to have the same posture. Let God get a hold of my heart. Because he said, you don't know what spirit you have. You, you, I didn't come to destroy man's life. I believe the reason for the call of intercession up to heaven, from heaven to us, and is because there, there, is, there is many who are in the valley of indecision, and they need to be saved. There are, the, har- the summer's passed, the harvest has come, and we're still not saved. The, there's just a lackadaisical indifference. Who cares? What does it matter? It's not my problem. And now God's going to just help us all by making it all our problem. Whatever happens to Israel happens to the whole entire world. Not only is it the pupil of God's eye and that you don't touch it, it's the, it's the way in which you see what's coming. Whatever happens first to Israel will happen next to the church. So it's imperative that we stand in agreement and say, Lord, I, I, but I don't know how to tell you what to do. I don't know who you should kill. I don't know who you shouldn't kill. I don't know what you're doing. I, uh, these Psalms, Psalm 2 and Psalm 10, 110 for six years, they bothered me. Or for the first three years, they bothered me because there was so much of God doing, doing work of vengeance in the midst of them that I thought, oh, gosh. But now I've had to conclude that the only one who can do exercise vengeance is the Lord. Romans 12, and then I pray. Uh, praise you, Jesus. We're being called up. It's, it's, it, we're just being called up. We're being called up. And here we are together in chapter 12, verse 15. We'll finish this demanding one of like an epistle of the, of the commands of the kingdom. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. He's the only one that can look at 8 billion souls on this planet and say, if I have to start judging and dealing with things, I alone am allowed to do so, and the only one who can do so, because I understand what you cannot see. I will repay. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And then the last statement, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is going to be, we can either go into indifference, passivity, take an American attitude, it doesn't touch me, so why bother? That's, that's really bad. But we can also get very violent and vile and hateful and spiteful and 
actually become a contributor to Satan's kingdom while preaching and proclaiming God's word. That's what he said. Don't be overcome by evil. Don't, don't come under evil. Don't come under evil by evil. Don't come under it. Don't be overcome by it by coming under it. Don't imbibe it. Jesus was rejected by Samaria. They wanted to reject Samaria really big. You can't do that. That's the wrong spirit. You only empower evil. Every time I become angry, anger has grown. Wrath grows. But overcome evil with good. So here is going to be the challenge. I've already, I've only had a week in it. I've been caught so many times. Where says, You're in the wrong spirit, Steve. That's just the flesh, Steve. That's just your own opinion, Steve. You just think you want it to go that way because you'd rather it avoid your problem. But that's what an intercessor can be moved out of dogmatic, declarative. God doesn't care. God cares about every individual, every person, and will judge everything that we all do. All will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for everything we did. <laughs> so we have to move with this, this tenderness, Lord. Save, save, save. Save that city of Samaria that couldn't understand the, the Messiah that was coming to die for them too. Save Hamas. Break into their war rooms and bring the revelation of the Messiah. The ancient hatreds that have grown over centuries and millennials, the rivalries between cousins, the, the, the rejection perceived, and then ever since Cain killed Abel and sought to remove righteousness through murder. Oh God, come, move amongst Israel who have forgotten you in so many ways. And in the ways they've tried to remember you, they have rejected your Messiah and unwilling to receive. Come into America, to which so many ways, Lord, we have walked about as though we were righteous because we consider ourselves more righteous than the world. Forgive us. Lord, we declare that you alone are, are able to move amongst the earth. You've declared that wars will increase, rumors of wars will be heard, Earthquakes will be everywhere. Famine will hit the land. Afghanistan has had three earthquakes in one week. We cannot look to one country and say you're more wicked than another country because Jesus made it a point that unless all of us repent, we'll all perish. So we always are returning our heart. Lord, if we've put our heart of... Holy Spirit, help us. You're the only one that can bring the Spirit of Christ into the earth. You're the only one convicted of sin and righteousness and judgment. You're the only one that can truly be the demonstration of kingdom and power. Come. Go ahead, guys. Come. Lord, and when you come and you, I know you are, you put us into global conflicts because you want to deal with local issues. So we ask, Lord, where we have become angry at our neighbors where we've spoken evil or even plotted their demise we ask you please forgive us forgive us forgive us 
It's not for us to destroy men's lives, but to see them get saved. Lord, where our families have been estranged, marriages have been separated, we've departed from one another, we've used separation as a way we solve our problems. Well, God, please come. Safest word we'll say. Over every fear To every soul. To every soul held captive by depression. I speak Jesus. Sing, I just want to speak the name of Jesus again. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Come on, church, sing it with me. Over all fear. Over fear and all anxiety To every soul held captive To every soul held captive by depression I speak to Jesus Your name Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Every strong break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, and Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every for my family I speak the holy name of Jesus shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy and Jesus for my family situation over this war, God. You have the victory, God. All the victory is in the name of Jesus. 
Yes, Lord. We have the victory in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We pray in victory. We stand in victory. I just want to speak in the name of Jesus. For every fear and all anxiety. Yes, Lord. Every soul held captive by depression. If you'll hold your hands up, please, together. I believe the Lord would bring not only this global application of faith, but this personal application where we are struggling, where trouble has come to our borders, where things have been taken captive, held hostage by our adversary, souls that are no longer free to flow and respond. Let's just allow that name one more time to be sung to us. Lord, I bless this body called up into intercession that you will equip us, train us, continually lead us, and, and enable us to be used as your sword in your hand for your purposes throughout the lands of the earth today. And we just ask that all that you are doing, you do within, and all that you do within, move it without. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We can go out in the love and mercies of God. Prayer begins at 6 in the morning and 6 p.m. It'll conclude in the watches, 6 p.m. to 7.30. We'll have our intercessory corporate prayer. It'll be online. Everyone who have an open mic will be a part of learning the sound and praying the right spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Go out in the love and let this song kind of carry you into the next season.